Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Anita Jay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Massachusetts. Today is Monday, September 4th, 2018, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 104 in chapter 8, Two Wives, beginning at the first paragraph, with few exceptions, our book, reading through five paragraphs, which end on the next page, at the top of the next page, be themselves once more. And the comments will be taken on all five paragraphs. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Richard B., 12 Traditions, Pam R., and readers of the text are Sally P. and Susan H. The share ID numbers for yesterday, September 3rd, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 11,000. 867 11867 and for the 10 a.m. meeting it's 11868 11868 the newcomer greeter today will be Diana B and after our wonderful meeting is over Rebecca B will host the 8 o'clock meeting all right Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religion, uh, religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, always this tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision For You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Richard B. to read OA's 12 Steps for us. Thank you, Anita. Good morning, everybody. My name is Richard B., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Cork, Ireland. The 12 Steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision 
to turn our will and our lives over, the, over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, and when, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Richard B. And now, Pam R., will you please read the 12 traditions of OA? Good morning, this is Pam R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you for the opportunity to serve, and I pass. Thank you so much, Pam. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, well, today it's five, and then stop and share on what we read. 
Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we are resuming our study of the big book and we've moved on to chapter eight, which is entitled Two Wives. We'll be reading five paragraphs, beginning with the first one, with few exceptions, our book, through five paragraphs, which then be themselves once more. And I've asked Sally P. to get us going. Thank you. Good morning, Sally. Good morning, my tribe. This is Sally P. Mm -hmm. from Colorado. Chapter 8, To the Wives, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. The few sessions our book thus far has spoken of men, but what we have said applies quite as much to women. Our activities in behalf of women who drink are on the increase. There is everyday evidence that women regain their health as readily as men if they try our suggestions. But for every man who drinks, others are involved. The wife who trembles in fear of the next box. The mother and father who see their son wasting away. Among us are wives, relatives, and friends whose problems have been solved, as well as some who have not yet found a happy solution. We want the wives of Alcoholics Anonymous to address the wives of men who drink too much. What they say will apply to nearly everyone bound by ties of blood or affection to an alcoholic. As wives of Alcoholics Anonymous, we'd like you to feel that we understand, as perhaps few can. We want to analyze mistakes we have made. We want to leave you with the feeling that no situation is too difficult and no unhappiness too great to be overcome. We have traveled a rocky road. There is no mistake about that. We have had long rendezvous with pride, frustration, self-pity, misunderstanding, and fear. These are not pleasant companions. We have been driven to maudlin sympathy, to bitter resentment. Some of us veer from extreme to extreme, ever hoping that one day our loved ones would be themselves once more. So um, I definitely burned some brain cells trying to put together what I would say about this chapter. Um, and prayer and how to make a phone call and and i I resumed to uh, a tool that I use quite often, which is youtube a a podcast and I googled in chapter to the wives and what I learned from this podcast was that Bill did not want to write this chapter, um, so he asked Ann Smith to write it, and she said no, and then Lois was upset because he didn't ask her to write it because he was afraid of what she'd say about him. And so Bill decided to write 
it from a perspective of what it must have been like to live with him as an alcoholic. So that's kind of the perspective I'm taking. Um, I found OA 37 years ago and did what a lot of us did, follow a sloppy food plan and use the meetings to process my life. I was not living in steps 10, 11, and 12. Um, I met my husband seven years ago, and we've been married four years. Uh, now, he's never known me when I was obese and in my skid row binging days. Um, and it was because of my disease I couldn't maintain a healthy relationship, and I avoided them. Um, but last October, I shared with him that I needed to go to a 12-step food recovery retreat because I was feeling like a dry bunk, and a friend of mine had gone to this program and um, and that I needed to do that because I was, like I said, I was a dry drunk. And through that retreat, I was told about a vision for you and that I could get my tribe, I could get a sponsor, I could work with a nutritionist, and that it was absolutely imperative that I work the steps in a new way. And I was, I was desperate. I took on that beginner mind again. So um, it's going to be almost a year in October that I had this new experience and as a result my husband is experiencing a thinner wife. I didn't go there to lose weight but as a result of this new found way of working the steps I've released um, 35 pounds. He's experiencing a wife who's quieter, a bit less opinionated, a wife who apologizes when in the wrong, he now sometimes does the same thing with me, but not as quickly. So uh, my program's rubbing off on him. He sees a wife who walks around most mornings from 5 to 6 a.m. with her headphones on her head, ears, listening to a meeting or working with a sponsee. Um, he sees someone who goes to great lengths to eat her healthy planned meals and someone who no longer celebrates with food. Um, through my clean abstinence, I, um, I get to feel more and so he is experiencing a quieter life, a less moodier life. Um, sometimes he's more emotional because, like I say, my feelings are coming up. But he often tells me how much respect he has for me for how I live my life, and he also tells me he admires me for how hard I work on becoming a better person. The biggie is I let my husband live his own divine plan. He, he's not here to rescue me or me to rescue him. Um, as hard as it is, I try to sit back and let him learn his life lessons. And being a codependent, I want to keep him from experiencing pain and comfort because I hate the feelings that come up in me when I see someone I love suffering. So today, I was reminded that I have a choice to take God's hand, let him run the show of my beautiful life, which is always grander than I could plan. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Well, thank you. We got off to a great start here, folks. Who else would like to share on these five paragraphs? Sandy S. Sandy S. Richard B. Richard. This is Larry. Larry K. Sandy D. Sandy D. Bonnie B. Bonnie B. All right, Ginger C. And Ginger. Ginger will end this this bunch. This is great. Sally S., Richard B., Larry K., Sandy D., 
Bonnie B and Ginger C. So good morning, Sandy. Yes, Hi. you are up. Okay, give me one second. Okay. Hi. Yeah, this is Sandy at Recovered Compulsive Overeater uh, from Asheville, currently in Philadelphia. Um, boy, I never share first, but this is really coming home to me. Like, I am one of the wives. My husband is a heavy eater, definitely not a compulsive eater, but the heavy eating is destroying him. And um, it is so difficult. And yesterday, a couple of days ago, he said to me, he is at his worst physically he's ever been, and he's 84 and has many health conditions. And I fear for his life, which I guess the wives did. And uh, yesterday, the other day, he said to me, he said, I don't like the way I look. He never said that before. I mean, he looks like shit. Excuse me. He looks terrible, like so unhealthy. And friends have, and family have talked to him about it. It just doesn't penetrate. And so when he said to me, he doesn't like the way he looks, I said, either do I. And that, um, you know, then he goes on these crazy diets, you know, like where he doesn't eat anything for three days and then he's back into, you know, eating the way he usually does. And I said, and what you're doing doesn't work. You know, I, I was just the opposite of the wife's thing. And he said to me, don't say another word. And I actually shut up. I mean, this is higher power. I pause and I shut up. And just for today, I'm not going to say another word. He is on my 10th step every single night. I'm really, I mean, thank God I don't, I don't say a word. One thing I have a choice about is my behavior. Not much else, it seems, like feelings and thoughts. And all I want to do, and I've really been praying for this, is be a loving presence in his life and surrender and let him have his own higher power. And the hardest thing for me is that while I'm behaving well, I am not feeling well. Like, I'm not feeling loving. You know, I want to feel loving because he has loved me when I'm at my most unlovable. And that's the most, un, the most healing thing I feel I can do for anyone is love them when they're at their unlovable. And I wasn't able to do that for him last night until the very moment. It was amazing. Um, you know, I know when we went to sleep, I just was so angry at him still, but all of a sudden, like I'm hugging him and rubbing his back and like, I have to surrender my feelings to God. If I was in charge of my feelings and my thoughts, I choose to be loving, supportive, surrendered. Like I'll let him just have his own process with his higher power. I am not able to change my feelings and thoughts, but the one thing I can do is be willing to have God change them. And that's why I'm so excited that we're reading this chapter because this feels like a God thing for me. <laughs> With that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much, Sally. Yes. All right, Richard B., followed by Larry K. Thank you, Anita. Good morning, everybody. My name is Richard B., still. And I am still a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Cork, Ireland. Um, do you know, I was talking to my wife a couple of days ago. And um, I told her I was giving service this morning. So I wouldn't be going out um, at this time. And um, 
back in the end of March, I went to a retreat hosted by one of our members of A Vision for You. And it changed my life and it brought me to the big book. And for that, I am eternally grateful. And my wife turned around and said to me uh, a couple of days ago, she said, that retreat is the best thing you ever did. And it was the best money you've ever spent. And it brought tears to my eyes because my wife no longer, well, I will say most of the time, because occasionally um, I lose the path of my temper or my sanity briefly, but I always step ten it. And um, yeah, my wife no longer suffers at my hand, at my tantrums, at she no longer suffers from the hurt pride of me binging and people seeing it or me being going through ill health because of uh, a direct result of my eating. She no longer is frustrated by my, by my behavior, by my constant dieting, my starving, my purging, and she no longer lives in the fear, and neither does my mother. My mother once said to me, I am scared to be around you, and I am so grateful today that I can just be me, work in my program, and be the best person I can to be at service to those people. And it is an absolute miracle through the grace of God that I found a vision for you and I opened up my heart to the big book. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. Larry, good morning. Good morning, Anita. Thanks so much for your service. <clears throat> you know, I, I, don't, I don't qualify as a wife, of course. I. I don't even qualify as a husband. I was married at one time. And, and you know, I think back as a husband, I, I had, you know, an uncanny ability to turn a molehill into a mountain. And, you know, um, when, when we, we learned a little bit about the history this morning, and, you know, one of the things that Lois, um, one of her amazing contributions um, she, in, in her book, um, she said that God, through the Oxford group, had accomplished in a twinkling what I had failed to do in 17 years. And so she, she identified, yes, yeah, she did want to write this chapter. Bill wrote the chapter. He wanted to maintain the consistency of the writing. Um, but Lois had a tremendous contribution. You know, this program, what we learn in this chapter, or what I take away in this chapter, this program is about the becoming. It's in the becoming. The more compassionate we become, the less tethered we remain the less imprisoned we remain. And we move from, you know, a tethered consciousness of self to an un untethered consciousness of, of surrender. And now what's amazing is, you know, I'm like a partner in training, right? And I can be a partner who doesn't promise to fix all of your problems. Instead, I can be, you know, I can be the guy who promises you won't face them all alone today. And that's through these steps. And that's a big difference in who I am because it's all centered in who's in charge today. And these steps have taught me that it's my character, 
rather than my reputation that defines who I really am. And, you know, because my true character as a man is God is a God centered thing. My reputation resides in the minds of others and it doesn't define who I am. And I can accept a partner for being precisely where they need to be right now, often with the recognition that they, they may indeed, you know, transcend that brokenness I did through these, through this work, but they can be who they, who they are today. And, you know, when I think about this chapter to the wives or, or say in, in, the, in 2018, to the partners, to the partners, it's not about acquiescence. Rather, it's about redemption through understanding. And here's the difference for me. Acquiescence is all about consenting to the continuation, to the perpetuation of harm. I'm not, a, you know, acquiescing to that, and no one should. But it's about redemption through understanding. And, and, and so this chapter you know, speaks to us as, as partners or potential partners like me about that. I don't have to change anyone. In fact, I don't have the power to change anyone. I can accept them, but at the same time, not be acquiescent. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks very much, Larry Kay. Sandy D. and then Bonnie will follow you. Morning, Sandy. Hi, this is Sandy D. Can you hear me okay? Perfectly. Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, this is Sandy D. from Illinois, and actually my story is a little different than most of the people that I've listened to because I just came into OA through Vision uh, almost a year ago on August the 30th, and uh, I count that as my abstinence day, and I'm just so grateful to be here I came in on the heels of knowing I was going through a second divorce, and of course I was the common denominator in both those relationships. I was married to two men that were definitely qualifiers in other 12-step, and um, I just was pointing my finger at them, and it was them, 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 and not me, me, me. But what I cling to in uh, the reading today was it had turned me into uh, maudlin sympathy and bitter resentment. And, um, but I also cling to uh, no situation too difficult and no unhappiness too great to be overcome. And, you know, I worked other 12-step programs, but I never got better. I never got better until I came into OA through Vision and started working the steps. And on completion of the steps, I was uh, catapulted into that new dimension. And I am so very, very grateful to be freed of the resentment, to be freed of the self-pity. I was told by other people that I worked the original 12 steps with that I was like someone who was dragging around um, 18 wet blankets because I was so depressed and I just can't believe how many things this um, work in the steps and I would just encourage everyone to just hang in there and get through the steps because it just if you do it with your abstinence and and um, if you do it the big book way you will get better it's amazing and with that I'll pass thanks so much
Thank you very much, Sandy D. Uh, Bonnie B., good morning. And then it'll be Ginger. Bonnie B. Press star one. Could have sworn I did. My apologies, everyone. <laughs> Go ahead. Thank you for your service. This is only the second time I've spoken. The first time was inter- introduced myself a couple of weeks ago. Um, I, uh, I'm a compulsive eater. And I uh, have been to five other programs and actively worked them. Um, when I would read the big book, because I have gone to open AA meetings to try to make sense out of my uh, sugar and um, everything else addiction, I would mock chapter eight. It would make me mad because, well, geez, I'm a 21st century gal. And um, I so wish Lois had uh, written it, but hey, um, I have to give up that uh, control too. Um, I... My wife and I have been together for 28 years, married three. Thank you very much, Ohio and Supreme Court. And um, I, I have seen myself be critical, judgmental, demeaning, grandiose with her over these 28 years because I didn't have a substance addiction. I didn't have uh, what might be called any mental illness. This is is the book according to Bonnie, of course. And uh, we have had a very rocky 28 years. And I just want to say that at 72, finding vision and OA has allowed the good dam to break of all the hard work we have done through these other programs, but somehow the real power of it and the real beauty of it never stuck. And each of us wanted to leave 42 times in the first 10 years. And I not only wouldn't trade this marriage for any other, it has grown me up in a way that it took that long. And I am being able to observe that and see how selfish I was, how emotionally immature, and what a journey it's been. So I've gotten a great sponsor. I'm getting a food plan. I'm going to vision two hours every morning. I'm going to open meetings. And I just thank you all for all that you've done because vision is what turned me around. I pass. Hey, Bonnie, thank you so much. And Ginger, good morning to you. Ginger C., Colorado. Press star one, Ginger. Oh, good morning, Anita. Can you hear me? (laughs) Now I can, I can. Oh, I laugh. There's so many mute buttons. It's on my headset. It's on my phone. And I push them all. And then I'm like, okay, I'm here. And I'm talking. And I'm no one can hear me. So thank you so much for your service. It's so good to hear your voice. Uh, Ginger C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater. 
And uh, this paragraph, but for every man who drinks, others are involved. The wife who trembles in fear of the next debauch, the mother and father who see their son wasting away, um, you know, and they're ever hoping that one day our loved ones will be themselves once more. You know, one of the most favorite words that I love in this big book is remember, because I have this incredibly short memory. And I have this mind that wants to constantly convince me it wasn't that bad. And it's okay to take that bite. And it's only this fit spiritual condition at day at a time that I stay safe and protected with this power that I've tapped into. But, you know, this family and, and what I put them through, you know, blameless children. And um, there's no regrets. And we don't shut the door on that past because, again, it can help so many but the reality is this disease is about isolation and disconnect. And my kids were greatly affected by my eating. And I didn't get the nickname Nummy Num Nums for nothing from a four-year-old child. She felt that disconnect. And she felt her mother in a distance. And she wanted her mom to come home. So again, grateful for every beautiful bite I had to take. I had to dig pretty deep and it took a while. But if you're suffering today, because I know many are, just don't quit before the miracle. It's God's timing. But this can happen for you just like it did for me. And it happened in the most bizarre place at a convention that I brought a backpack full of candy to. And I am so excited because in two weeks, September 14th through the 16th, Colorado is celebrating. And we are going to have this amazing big book weekend in our Rocky Mountains. And my family gets to come. And my husband gets to meet the man that took me through these 12 steps to help this transformation come alive. And I'm sure he's going to say, thank you. Thank you for bringing my wife back home. And thank you that she's alive. Because I didn't know if I was going to be alive. So again, if you're suffering, this is real. This is happening. And it's all in this book. It's just putting the food down, surrendering, having that funeral, saying goodbye to the food in a way you probably have never said goodbye before, and it's hard. But this is your life, and it's passing you by, and I hope you don't let it take another second. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Ginger C. Amen. Who else would like to share? Katie G. And who else? Wait, there, there's, all right, wait, hold on. There was somebody in there. Who was that before Vasa? Anna Kay. Anna Kay, all right. Jamie Z from Chicago. Leah M. Okay. okay, all right, let's stop with these names. Leah M and oh, Lynn S. And there was somebody from Chicago. Just give me that name. Jamie Z. Jamie Z. Okay, let's just go with these, and then we'll see who else we can have. All right, Katie G., good morning. All right, Anita, good morning, my fellows. Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. And I'm, I'm thinking about a common lie that I hear that I told myself. I'm just a food addict. Nobody's affected by me. Like, nobody's affected. The person that I owe an amend to is Katie G., 
because nobody's noticing the crazy. And through the process of being a member of Overeaters Anonymous and doing the 12 steps each and every year and living in them in 10 and 11 and 12, I have come to see the pain that my parents endured. Like my father three years ago or two years ago told me that he can die now knowing that I'm going to be safe, knowing that I'm going to live. Because he didn't know who he was going to see at every visit from college. He didn't know if he was going to see a, di see a dying little girl with peach fuzz on her arms because she was so skinny, or if he was going to see a dying little girl who was 228 pounds, 100 of which she put on in nine months at college. Right? Like he didn't know. He didn't know. So the lie that my disease has no impact on others is fakakamamie or whatever word our fellow uses. It's not real. It's a delusion. It's my false psychotic self-fitting belief. And the privilege of this chapter is seeing that, um, you know, I make people crazy and I, I separate myself. You know, as a recovered woman today, thank you, God, just for today, I can see where my own maudlin, which is driven emotional, drunk emotionally, sugar-coated sympathy, my bitter resentments, separate me from the life that God has given me today. There are times when I have a bitter resentment, I do the work, and then I snap out and I think, oh my gosh, I haven't seen my daughter in an hour. I haven't seen my daughter in an hour because I was so blocked, right? So if I don't see the people that I'm with, I am driving them, you know, and um, when I, I am on um, step one in working on other issues with um, my uh, chaos creating and controlling, and the reason is because as a recovered woman with the food, I see that I can still be veer from extreme to extreme with my emotions. And what does um, the big book tell me? We watch out for excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions, because sometimes when I am not tethered to God, my husband doesn't know when he, who's he, he's going to get when he gets home. Is he going to get calm, you know, calm, connected wifey? Or is he going to get, you know, crazy, crazy, crazy wifey? And I am recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, but I am not cured. And I need to continue to work on my mental illness because I have an impact on other people. My behaviors impact other people. And please, God, help me work today so we keep another drunk off the street. And with that, I do pass. Thanks so much, Katie G. All right, it's going to be Anna K and then Vasa O. Hello there. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm Anna K, um, a recovered compulsive overeater from the Poconos in Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, when I would be freaking out because I thought I was right over something, because I always thought I was right. I mean, I was, I'm a wise woman. I'm right. Um, and I'd see my partner, his head in his hands, down, his, his shoulders curled in, because he couldn't take it anymore. He couldn't take my righteousness, because he was so beaten down. This is a man that doesn't get beaten down, but I managed to do that in my rages. Um, and I could still see that visually. And sometimes, you know, if I'm not connected, I, I'm on the edge of that whirl and I thank God for the program. Or when, when my mom is crying, crying, because I treated her the worst, 
the worst in the world with my rages and my how I would shame her and be embarrassed of her for whatever. And the miracle of coming, now I've been in this program for many years, but I was never sane. I may have been abstinent at times, but not sane. The miracle of coming here, when I came into vision and, and on April 6, 2016, is that my mother, like six months later, said, oh, Annie, you know, my family calls me Annie. Wow, you really changed. You changed. And I was like, wow. I knew I was trying. A lot of times it wasn't so easy. But being in these steps have changed my life and my family's life so much I thought I'm a good person I'm nice you know I'm okay I care but boy did I have really a bad range and my fear and my self-pity and my rage and me hating myself that was hard on them too and I'm I thank God for this program and I'll tell you something years and years ago my ex-husband said you know Anna I love that there's leftovers now But that was nothing to do with my personality. But so many things come from being in this program. And my family is safer from my craziness now. And I thank you all for sharing with me. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. Thanks so much, Anna Kay. All right, Vasa, and then it will be Lynn. Good morning. Thank you, Anita, for your service. I'm Vasa, grateful, grateful, recovered. Compulsive Ovita calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And this is to their wives, and it is a family disease. I had no clue about the disease. I had no clue about the allergy. I I just knew I loved to eat. That's all. And I'm just so grateful that my higher power led me to Overeaters Anonymous, the 12 steps, and the fellowship with this program that I've had over the years. It's a miracle. And I did grow up with an alcoholic, and I did grow up with a food addict, and uh, and I always walked on uh, eggshells, you know, not to set, you know, the anger or whatever, you know. And I learned how to suppress my feelings, my emotions, and what did I do? Mostly with the food, and then I would turn inward, you know. I was to be seen, not to be heard. I grew up in that. Man, there were four brothers. Believe me, there was a lot of chaos going on with the, with the boys, you know. And they would start wrestling, and it would always turn into fighting, especially when my father was not around, and my mother could keep us in order, them mostly, and until uh, they became older. But anyways, uh, I, you know, I remember saying, praying to God, even, even before I found about Overeaters Anonymous, I remember coming from shopping one night, my husband was taking care of the kids, and I remember reaching out to God, high up, I don't know what, you can call it whatever you want, but I was in, I had the gift of desperation, and I didn't know yet what was wrong with me. I remember saying, God, if you're out there, please help me. Show me. Show me where you are, you know. And not too long after that, my friend brought me to Overeaters Anonymous. She was in AA and OA. She 
12 step me even before I came to my first meeting. It gave me so much hope. After 25 years of trying to put the food down, we'd no, we'd always failed. No matter what I tried, I could never, never keep it down. And then this gave me hope. And I remember reading the 100 men that recovered, men and women, and what they did. And that was the, I said, I am going to do it. I don't care how hard it is. I'm going to put the food down, and I'm going to work the 12 steps. It was, it was torture. It was torture. But one day at a time, one meal at a time. My husband is healthy today because of me, because I started cooking good meals for me, and he, he's not a fussy right. eater, but I'll wrap it up. But he always reached for the wrong things. And because of my cooking, he's a healthy person, and he always reminds me now, you got a meeting to go to? And at first he resented. He resented the meetings. He resented me because he didn't like the changes. I'm sorry for taking over, but I pass. Okay, Bafa, thanks. Lynn, and then it will be Jamie. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovered compulsive reader in Toronto, Canada. This is really speaking to me this morning when it says no situation is too difficult and no unhappiness too great to overcome. Reminds me so much of my parents, especially my mother, and what my mother's life was like living with me. I know my dad used to say, you walk in the house and your mother takes a tranquilizer and you head for the fridge. And that's what life was like. Like I was... um, I was a fat kid. My mother went through the whole thing of, you know, trying to dress me in in those days. I can remember being 11 years old and she taking me to Pennington's, which was the fat lady store, and trying to find clothes for me because nothing else fit, like there was no place else to go. And not that that was so awful, I guess. uh, Well, for her, you know, instead of having seeing the pain I was in, that's what I'm trying to say, trying to dress an 11-year-old in, in fat lady clothes, you know, and, and just just the whole thing of the rages and the temper and the, the depression and my parents trying so hard to help me and doctor after doctor and paying me to get thin and then living with this crazy person, you know, and I remember my mother saying there must be a mouse in the house and how much I would hate her and glare her because I'd been up all night eating eating with things and and how much they tried to help me and they couldn't, like the, the stream of doctors and the operations and all sorts of things. Um, and then living with, with a child who friends are phoning them saying, you know, your daughter's suicidal, you have to watch her. Like I just, I can't imagine the extremes that I put them through. And what the wonderful miracle of program is, is my mother suffered from dementia at the end, but I remember taking her in the car once somewhere, and she looked at me and she said, Oh, Lynn, it's you. I feel so safe when I'm with you. And that just strikes me when it says, No situation is too difficult and no unhappiness too great to overcome. If I can go from that kind of a relationship with my mom to somewhere where a woman in her dementia recognizes me and because I'm there, she feels safe. Program is a miracle. I am so blessed to have found recovery here. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much, Lynn S. Uh, Jamie from Chicago and then Leah M. 
Hi, this is Janie Z from Chicago, compulsive overeater, uh, bulimic. Um, this is so reminds me so much of how I was so delusional in my disease that I've been suffering from since I was 14 and that how I would think that nobody would be affected by by my illness but me. I would be the only one affected. But in reality, everyone around me was affected. My parents, my my husband, at the time he when he left me, one of the things that he said to me was, you wore me out, and it hurt my feelings really bad. And I thought, you know, how could you say that to me? But then since I have come to OA, I I learned that I was a crazy person. Um, and And so emotional and so difficult to live with and and the emotional uh separation from my children and and my family and and during my lifetime two times i I have tried to commit suicide, and the fear that my children live with now to this day um and my family lives with if i get depressed or if i start acting weird or um it's still it's just to to be so so crazy to think that i did haven't affected anyone with this is just preposterous but um thankfully i am in this program and there's hope for me and i'm abstinent today and I'm very grateful for that and grateful to have a sponsor and and be working this program and these meetings are helping me and and I have the hope of, of getting better and and to reach sanity and and I'm very grateful for everyone that's shared and thank you for your service and I'll pass. Thanks so much, Jamie Z. Leah M, good morning. Thank you for your service, Anita. We want to leave you with the feeling that no situation is too difficult, no unhappiness too great to be overcome. We have traveled a rocky road. There's no mistake about that. You know, if you notice the language here, it's in the past tense. Um, This, too, was written um, with a message of hope and possibility as a result of the 12 steps. These paragraphs also carry uh, a message of depth and weight. This is what these people went through. They no longer are living that way. You know, AA grew by leaps and bounds for two primary reasons. Number one, alcoholics came in, they got recovered, and they stayed recovered. And number two, families were reunited. And that's my experience. You know, uh, I ended up being everything I never wanted to be in my early 20s. Um, I, against all odds, I was supposed to self-destruct. I was just on such a voracious, uh, you know, uh, death march uh, due to this illness. 
And despite years of involvement with psychology, hospitalization, therapy, and self-help, I couldn't see uh, the defects, the old ideas, the attitudes that were dominating me. Um, I couldn't be changed in a way that was effective. You know, when you speak to each person who has recovered, each person who in the problem has been solved, you'll hear a remarkable and profound story of a transformed life from calamity to salvation. And the reality is that I had a living problem. <laughs> it might have looked like cellophane bags and bakery boxes, but I had a disease that demanded treatment. And that treatment was either going to be food or the 12 steps and a relationship with God. There was no door number three for someone like me. Um, the text taught me, and someone taught me, that to get over compulsive overeating was going to require a transformation of my thinking and my attitudes. And thank God, something came between me and compulsive overeating over 31 years ago, and that is the recovery process, the implementation of the 12 steps, and a relationship with power. And, you know... <laughs> If nothing changes, nothing changes. My character couldn't be changed by thought alone. It couldn't be changed by prayer alone. Neither could it be changed by affirmations or the input of others. It couldn't be changed by others and, and their desire to help me. I had to take these action steps. I had to have a relationship, a spiritual awakening, a personality change sufficient to bring about recovery, a relationship with power. I had to be saved. <laughs> I had to be saved. You know, man <laughs> reaches highest when he's at his lowest, and that was my experience, and I pass. Thanks so much, Leah M. Well, I'm going to take the last minute and a half or two minutes. I just want to say um, I was married 56 and three-quarter years, and this man saw a transformation for the last three and a half three and a half years. I was so focused on his problems. And as you hear from everybody here, fat was the outer manifestation. It had nothing to do with this, uh, with all this ugliness that could come out of this voice and this soul. I want to just say two things. Years ago, when I was so superior, I'd say, oh, say something of meaning, will you? And out of his mouth came, I miss you when you're not really here. And during the three and a half years that we were living, me recovered, I asked him a question. Why don't you respond when I ask you different questions? And he looked at me and he said, because you are always right. So you know what? That's, folks, why we keep coming back. That was said maybe, you know, a year before he died. This is, this is just, it's a miracle program, and this is the way. Please, if you found us by accident today, make it intentional tomorrow, all right? And with that, we've come to the end of the format, and I want to thank everyone who shared. What a wonderful meeting, as always. What's the surprise? Um, I, the share ID for 
this very meeting, in case you want to hear it again, is 11,870. 11870. And now I'm going to ask Susan H. to read page 164, A Vision for You. <laughs> this is Susan H. And my great-grandson is not happy. Our oh. book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to you, come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.